You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
Where your streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well. Spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit lives within me. Because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? How can it be?
Okay, so many of us have been doing church, well, differently. Sunday mornings have become a bit more casual. Living rooms and coffee shops have become sanctuaries. And fellowship has a new, less personal touch. It hasn't been easy. Yet, here we are, gathering, worshiping, learning, being the church. Now more than ever, we're reminded of a simple truth. The church is not a building. It's the body of Christ. It isn't built with brick and mortar, but with faith and hope. In the midst of uncertainty, our calling remains the same, to share the truth of the gospel with a world God loves. Throughout history, the church has prospered in difficult times, and today is no different. We are still the church. We're just doing things a bit differently. I want to start out by thanking our online campus. Uh, about two weeks ago, we put out a, uh, a, an invitation for everyone to connect with us for our R1K uh, offering or R1K campaign. That's We believe God is leading us to reach 1,000 people, and it's incredible what the Lord has been doing through that campaign. And we said we had a, a, a number uh, that we were going to try to fund this campaign with, and uh, I just want to give you an update because the number is eight is eighty thousand, and uh, as of uh, today, uh, the generosity of, of God's people online and in person is about seventy eight thousand two hundred and fifty five. So, go God! Thank you so much. And if you have not connected to that and you want to, without any pressure, we would love for you to 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 join the cause and and let's let's reach one thousand people who do not know Jesus with the, the, the gospel. You allow for us to give uh, the word of God freely to everyone that listens and watches, and, uh, and we have a lot of things that we are uh, believing that God is going to lead us to do. So thank you again for that. Hey, next week, uh, it's the Super Bowl, and at Living Word Chapel, we celebrate with Super Bowl, Super God. At our in-person services, we have a lot of fun. We lift up the name of Jesus. We wear our favorite team jerseys, and uh, we would eat chips and salsa if we, if we could. But we can't, but you can. On the online campus, you're able to just enjoy, and we want you to connect to this wonderful, wonderful time that we will be having, uh, all the festivities that we're going to be doing where we lift up the name of Jesus together. Uh, so if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, we'd love for you to post a pic on our page, and we just want to celebrate with that. If you don't follow us on Facebook and Instagram, we'd love for you to start today so that you can make that uh, a, a wonderful, wonderful day for all of us. And please, Put your pictures there of your favorite team and you guys with big smiles and we're going to just celebrate God together. Now we're continuing in the book of Romans and it's been a wonderful, wonderful trip that we've been on the Roman road. Uh, today we're going to be talking about why is it important for us to take the high road in life? You know, the high road is where we don't, we don't uh, succumb to the things that, that, that bring hopelessness and, and the things that, that take us down a road of despair. Uh, the high road takes us to a place where we, we, we just really do things that are going to bring honor to God, bring honor to people, 
and honor ourselves. That's a high road of faith. And the Apostle Paul is actually going to be talking to, to the church where we go to in this passage. And, and what we find is that, that God doesn't want his people to be criticizing each other for maybe different convictions in their life. All of us are at different places. In fact, I am at a different place now than I was 27 years ago when I started my walk with the Lord. And you're at a different place than I am. And so I want for us to, to kind of grab a hold of taking the high road of faith. And so the, the first way that we see in Scripture, especially in, in this letter in, in Romans, uh, that we take the high road of faith, is it, it's achieved by loving people where they are at in their personal walk with Jesus. And I mentioned this. We, we are, we're all at different places. All of us are at, uh, at a place where our convictions are. And my convictions have changed in the last 27 years. Uh, through my walk with, with the Lord, as, as the Lord has spoken to me through his word, as he's changed uh, different things in my life and, and, and just different actions, I'm at a different place than I ever was. And I thank God. I thank God for the people that loved me in the beginning where, where I was at. And I thank God for the people that have loved, that have loved me through every step that I've taken uh, in every year that I've walked with Jesus. That's what God has called us to do. We should accept people where they are in their faith and convictions. And so here's how the Apostle Paul starts out chapter 14, verse 1. He says, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right and wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Don't you love that? That with the Lord's help, we will stand and receive his approval? He, he, re, he reaches down and he finds us in the, in the miry clay and the mud and all the, 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 the negativity of sin. And he, and he receives us to himself when we receive Jesus Christ as Savior, when we say yes to Jesus. And he loves us right where we're at and he's got a plan to restore us and to progressively make us more like him. But he, but he loves us in every stage. And we have to remember that in Paul's day, there were, there were pagan tables, uh, I'm sorry, pagan temples where people went to worship and they would sacrifice animals unto pagan gods. And those meats were then sold at markets throughout the city. And so there was a real big discretion from, from people or there was a, a, a real uh, big uh, for those that were strong in the faith, as they said, we could eat anything because as long as we bless it in the name of Jesus, it's going to be okay. So those that were strong in the faith were believers who would eat meat because they didn't feel that they would violate their faith if they did. That's a whole context right here. And, and those who were strong in their faith, they understood that because we are in Christ and we are a new creation, everything is lawful. But they also understood that not everything is profitable, not everything is good. But they didn't worry about what they ate or what they drank unless it 
was a stumbling block to their own life or to the lives of others. Now, those who were weak in their faith, they would uh, not eat meat that was offered to an idol because they said, it's going to defile me. And they lived by their convictions, which told them that they needed to keep certain holy days. They needed to keep uh, certain Old Testament diet, uh, dietary laws from Leviticus. And, uh, and these convictions would bring a lot of guilt and condemnation if they violated it. So they were weak in their faith. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He's not talking about, you know, this great faith that you can believe for great things or this little, little faith and weak faith where you can't believe for the things that you need. In fact, Jesus said this, if you have faith that is the size of a mustard seed, itty bitty, you can move mountains. So it is the one that we have faith in is the one that moves the things in our life. And so, so here he, he, he's talking about this, this, this faith that, that you have these convictions and it didn't let you do some things. And then we have this faith that you have these convictions and it lets you do these things that other people couldn't do. So there was this great tension. There was, there was a lot of tension and, and it was, I'm right and you're wrong. And still to this day, People have different convictions in churches, what you can eat, what you can't eat, what you can drink, what you can't drink. But there's a high road that all followers of Jesus should travel, which says, love your brother and sister where they are at. Wherever their conviction is, is where we need to love them. And it helps us to really understand that, that, that God is progressively moving all of us forward in a, in a direction to become more like Jesus. And in becoming more like Jesus, we love people where they are at. Now, here's the second way that we take the high road of faith. It's achieved when we don't major on the minors. Sometimes we make big things in church out of small things. And that's exactly what was happening in Paul's day. Uh, there, there's, there's foundational things that we should never budge on. And these are the, 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 the majors that we should concentrate on. And the, the majors are this. God is one. And God is revealed to us in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why we believe in the Trinity. Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life until he was 33 years old. And then he died on the cross. He was buried. And then he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the scripture said he would. He ascended into heaven after he spent time with his disciples. And, on the, uh, and he ascended into heaven and he, uh, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And his second coming is what we wait for. And all of us are saying, Maranatha, come, Lord, come quickly. But no one knows the day nor the hour. But we await with joyful hope for him to come back. We don't budge on this conviction. But there are many things that are disputable, and people argue about them. And, and, and these things will not impact your salvation. Now, what you believe in the majors will impact your salvation. But what we believe in... The minors will not impact your salvation. Those are your convictions. And, and as we live out those convictions, we're either going to live with the peace of God or we're going to live with the condemnation and, or, or the guilt that they can bring. Eating, eating certain foods will not 
affect your salvation. Celebrating certain days will not affect your salvation. In fact, these things will not make you holier if you don't observe them. They're not gonna, they have no power to make you holier whether you eat a certain food or you don't eat a certain food. In fact, your holiness has been imputed to you through what Christ did on the cross. Because of your faith in him, that blood that was shed at Calvary that has been, that has been poured upon us as we come to faith has cleansed you of all unrighteousness. And because of that, we are made holy. Because of that, we are transferred into this new position where we are holy ones, where we are saints unto God. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. So as we look at that, we have to be very careful because some people do have convictions that, that keep them observing different days and, and keep them observing uh, different dietary laws and all these things. But this is what Paul uh, tells the church in Rome. He says, don't major on these matters. He, this is what he wrote in verse 5. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him, and those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat, eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord, and if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died, and he rose again for this very purpose, to be the Lord both of the living and the dead. And so the, the Lord speaks to us very clearly about, you know, where you're at in your convictions, God will love you right there. And he speaks to each one of us to, to make sure that we love our brothers and our sisters right where they're at. But the enemy... The enemy of our souls, he, he will have you spend your life fighting over things that will really keep you from reaching the people that God wants to reach. Whether you are an eater or an abstainer, God loves you. So, so Paul says, don't let any of these things become the, the mountain that your faith dies on. Don't, don't let any of these, these things be, become the mountain where your relationship with, with other believers is hindered. Instead, we, we, we grab a hold of the love of Christ. We, we walk in the, in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and we, we, we come amongst each other and we love people where they're at. Here, here's the third way that, that taking the high road of faith is achieved. It's realizing that we will give an account for me and not we. See, when I go before God, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account for James Reese, not for anyone else. And my salvation is secure in what Jesus has done for me, not what I could do for him. Now, he calls me to, to, to be a loving vessel. He calls me to, to walk in his grace. But my salvation is secure because of what he's done for me. And any time, any time that we start condemning people because they may have a different conviction, it can really lead us into a troublesome life, a troublesome walk with God. Because God cares more about the heart and he judges perfectly. God cares about the 
inward, the internal, what's going on inside of us, a lot more than what's going on externally. Here's what Paul said. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scripture says, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Notice how the Holy Spirit leads Paul to write, Don't condemn those who belong to Jesus. Don't talk about the children of God. Those are his children, every one of them. And let's just think about this from a family matter. Every one of our kids is different. They all have different personalities. They have different likes. They have different convictions. But we love them the same. Every one of our siblings, if you think about who you grew up with, are different. We're not the same. And the reason for that is because God has made us unique. And God loves our uniqueness. And in our convictions, sometimes we are at different places. But as we grow with God, as a, as a word of truth becomes our guide, as, we, as the Holy Spirit gives us very important things, illumination and revelation, we're able to see things from a different perspective. And it's amazing how when, when you start your walk, if you came out of a, 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 out of a life of alcoholism or a, a, a life of uh, promiscuity or a, you know, a life of adultery, whatever it may be, how, how you have a very strong meter against those things. But as you progress in your walk, there, there's, a, there's a softening in your heart and in your spirit to love those people that, that might be in that place. And you don't have such a hard, hard stance because the grace of God begins to lead you and direct you. So we don't condemn people where they're at. We don't argue about disputable matters. We leave those in God's hand. He keeps on in verse 12 by saying this. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble or fall. Make a decision today to live your life not condemning people, especially your brother and sister in Christ, but live in a way that you will not trip up your brother and sister in Christ. That, that you're not going to do anything that's going to cause them to stumble. If you can eat a certain way or you can drink a certain way, or you can live a certain way, but they can't, then your love will lead you, God's love will lead you to not do something that's going to cause your brother or your sister to stumble. Here's the fourth way that, that we learn is we take the high road of faith. It's achieved when we think about the welfare of others just as much or more as we think about ours. Let me say this, it's very important. There are some people who can't drink alcohol because they have an addiction. There are some people who can't uh, eat a certain way because they may have an eating disorder. And, it, and if you're that person right now and God is speaking to you, he loves you and he can deliver you. So if, if you don't struggle with something like this, we don't do something in front of them that is going to destroy their life. Uh, you see, there, there are people, 
There are people that, that when you grow in the things of God, you understand that your love for others is more important. And more importantly than that, God's love for others is more important than your pleasure or your preference. And the Apostle Paul knew that. He, he knew that all meat, whether it was offered in a pagan temple or offered in another place, he understood that everything is lawful. Everything is good if you can pray over it in the name of Jesus. This is exactly how he put it. He says, I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone whom Christ has died for. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. There is an attitude and a character that is produced by the Holy Spirit that says, I will live my life not to please myself in every moment of of my day. I will live my life so that I can build up others. I want to be a part of God's construction and not the devil's destruction. I want to be a part of of the Holy Spirit's uh, leading and guidance where I will walk out in love and patience and and in self-control and not in the flesh that makes me do things that are going to possibly destroy me and destroy others. And wherever your conditions are at this moment is where God has you. If you have guilt, let me say this, it's never from God because Jesus came to set you free from all guilt. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and maybe you're listening today and you, you, you just feel like a, you feel guilty. And maybe even as a Christian, you feel guilty. That's not from God. What you need to know is that God is not a guilt uh, uh, provider. He doesn't provide you with guilt. He is a freedom from guilt provider. He came to set you free. And that's why it's so important for us to grasp what the Apostle Paul is writing here. See, your starting point to living a guilt-free life is for you to say yes to Jesus. When you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to the one that took your guilt. When you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to the one that frees us from uh, criticism of others. In fact, Jesus, when they put him on the cross, he didn't say, look at what they're doing to me. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so as we, as we move into this, this week, my prayer for you is that you're going to walk in this wonderful, wonderful freedom that comes through Jesus, this wonderful way, which is called the high road of faith, where you will love people where they're at, where you will uh, be concerned about the welfare of them 
as much as you're concerned about your welfare and yourself. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to invite you to do so. It's the greatest decision that anyone could ever make. It's as easy as ABC. The A just says, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I need God in my life. The B is just putting your trust in Jesus, believing that he is who he says he is. And the C is confessing with our mouth the most important thing that we can confess. We confess him as Lord. And so I want to lead you in a prayer where God will direct you, he'll guide you, he'll uphold you. So pray this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for how good you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Lord, uh, I admit today that I am a sinner. Lord, I am tired of trying to do life on my own. And so today, put my trust in Jesus. I believe that he went to the cross at Calvary, and he died for all of my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead. And I confess him as my Lord and choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you said that prayer? We're praising God with you. We're thanking the Lord for his goodness, and he's got an amazing plan for your life. And today that plan begins. Today you've embraced that plan. Today you've embraced uh, uh, just the the freedom from from criticism, the freedom from all the the yuck that comes with this world. At Living Word Chapel, we want to be encouragers to you. We want to stand with you. We're here to love, empower, and transform every person with and through the living word. It's what changes our lives. And, and if, if I'm talking to someone that you're a believer and today you're just, uh, you, you just you're tired of, of criticism and criticizing, this is a new day for you. And you can walk in this newness that God has provided for you in Jesus' name. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.